Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. Uh, this episode I am joined by the one and only uh, Mr. Curious World and we are going to be talking about one of my favourite subjects, uh, time slips. Hello Reeves, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? Thank you yeah, very well. Good, good. Time slips. What, what, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on them? Yeah, indeed. Um, well, it's it's something that's uh, fascinated me for years. Really, one of those things where, you know, I think it's it could it could happen. That, you know, that all of these accounts that we've heard over the years. I mean, as you know, there are probably hundreds, if not thousands, of them. Yeah, and they're all. You know, a lot of them are really fascinating, and it's. Um, it would be nice to think that these things do happen, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's and if it if it is true, if they do happen, then it's obviously a a freak occurrence. It's something that one in a million chance of happening. And I'm not completely against the idea of it of it being true. So what we've done for this episode, it's going to be quite a laid back episode. We picked um, a number of alleged cases that are reasonably. Uh, if you was going to put them in a book of uh, cases of time slips, these cases would be in there because they have like witnesses and there's other people involved. Uh, I'll have a read through them and then we'll we'll have a talk about each one. But the first case is is from Kent and uh, Tunbridge, Wales, to be exact. And this was this happened uh, on the on the 18th of June, 1968, in the morning. Uh, and so it goes like this. Okay, I'll, I'll read it out so that you get the vibe. Uh, Mrs. Charlotte Warburton went shopping with her husband in town. They decided to go their separate ways for a while and meet up later. She was unable to find a particular brand of coffee from her usual grocers, so she went into a supermarket in Calvary Road. As she entered the shop, she saw a small cafe through the entrance in the left-hand side. She had never before realised that the cafe was there. It was rather old-fashioned with wood-panelled walls, and there were no windows, and the room was lit by a number of electric bulbs with frosted shades. So kind of pretty old school. I mean, it's like a pretty old cafe. Yep. Uh, there was at the time, uh, she thought, nothing especially odd about the scene. Two women in long dresses were sitting at one table, and about half a dozen men, all in dark lounge suits, were sitting at the other tables. I'm going to kind of just skip back because it's like that's a bit confusing. So she's seeing a cafe which kind of looks a little bit out of place and the people in this cafe are wearing those kind of like the old long dresses that the ladies used to wear and then the guys are wearing like the dark suits. So it's all very sort of formal. Not the sort of cafe that you would expect people to be in in like the 60s, nearly the 70s. You'd think people would be in casual dress, I suppose. So that's kind of a little bit of a, you know, a one red flag. Anyway, so it carries on, right? Okay, all the people... Uh, seemed to be drink, drinking coffee and chatting. A normal sight for a country town at 11 o'clock in the morning. Right, so it continues. Mrs. Warburton did not stay, but she certainly did not recognise anything amiss either. Then, indeed, for several days, even uh, rather formal and slightly off-key clothing made no immediate impression on her. So she did kind of notice that the clothing that the people were wearing was a bit off. Yeah, So. yeah. She's obviously thus in her mind. Uh, nor yes. did the fact, uh, although the customers were talking, there was no noise from them that caused her to question her senses. Nor did there, were no, she... there was no noise at all, sorry, yeah. to cut you off there. 
Is she saying there was no noise so at it, all? Yeah, I so that would really stand out. Well, that's a bit weird. So the customers were talking. Uh, there was no noise from them that caused her to question her senses, uh, nor did she notice that there was no smell of coffee. So, hmm. So there was no aroma at all. I oh, know we're only going by what you, what is written down, and yeah. you know, we, can, we can question it forever, can't we? So if there's no aroma at all, to the I would I would have thought that was quite that would have been quite jarring. Yeah, and no no smell of coffee, and she didn't really. We're thinking back. She didn't think that she could hear the people actually in conversation. Mm, that's uh, so. It's, mm. It continues there. There is clearly something strange here. Yeah, and this is the the person writing this. There is clearly clearly something strange here, and the question of circumstances in which she found herself. Mrs. Warburton uh, left the calf uh, and then went to meet her husband. She did not suggest to him that the scene in the calf seemed to be very odd. So she's not really thinking about it. She's just like, yeah, mm. that's a bit odd. But then you, you do that, don't you? When you go somewhere and you have an experience like you, at the time, nine, nine times out of ten, at the time you don't really sort of process it. It's only when you come yeah. away. Yeah, and you could easily walk in. I mean, I've done it many times. You walk in somewhere, you think, "Now this isn't for me," and you walk straight out. Yeah, so, nothing of it. So it says when they came to Tunbridge Wells on their next shopping expedition, Mrs. Warburton decided to take her husband to the cafe, or rather, she hoped to take him there. Uh, but, of course, uh, they never did find the place, though they mm. searched the streets up and down. So it wasn't it had gone. Yeah. OK, you could play devil's advocate. It depending on the uh, the amount of time that had gone by, you could say maybe the cafe closed down. Yeah. Well, apparently the cafe in question was part of a cinema complex and the cinema, I looked it up, closed down in 1960, eight years before this allegedly occurred so it's like yeah the cinema and assembly rooms had all vanished years ago mrs Warburton was told yet yeah, on the 18th of june 1968 she had stepped into the past like others involved in the time slip had accepted without question so it was almost as you say that she was going into an area i, I talked about this the other day uh regarding uh the uh, what what's you know what people coin uh, like hauntology the the ghosts of the past and, it, and you think about it right there's many things that this could be, all right? It could be sim a simple case of someone being, getting a bit confused and then putting sort yeah. of two and two together and getting five. Could have just been in the wrong place and, and not, not had the right street. Yeah. Could be as simple as that, yeah. They were told in the supermarket that there was no cafe there. She must be in the wrong building. Uh, it was then uh, that they learned that Cosmo Cinema stood on the site of the supermarket. It had had a small cafe. They were yeah. directed to the Tunbridge Wells Constitutional Club where the steward told them, that at one time the club which had owned the premises adjoining to uh, the Cosmo was incorporated into the supermarket. The club had an assembly room in those days and at the rear a small bar with tables and refreshments. Miss Warburton's description tallied uh, exactly with the club's old refreshment rooms. It's absolutely fascinating, isn't it? I mean, I know that earlier on I may have sounded like I was tr trying to disregard it, but I'm not at all. I think it is absolutely fascinating. I was just trying to look at the, the different sort of possibilities of how it yeah. could have come around. You know, the more... Um, a logical explanation. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of the more logical explanations. Um, saying that, I mean, before we get to question, we have one. Okay, so that's the first case where a lady and her husband, they travel into the city, they split up, she goes shopping for her favourite coffee, she can't find it in the local place, so she goes somewhere different, she sees a cafe in this building... 
and she still mm. thinks you know she thinks like that's a bit odd it's look you know i've never noticed that place before uh yeah. so she's obviously familiar with the area and the mm. buildings uh she no doesn't notice this place comes home thinks to herself eh, something's a bit off there there's people looked a bit out of uh you know dressed a bit weird uh, so, you know, they do a bit of digging around and then they find out that, um, they go back, they think they're going to go back, they're going to find it and she's going to show her husband, look, this is the place I was on about. They can't find it. It's not there. So they do a bit of digging around and they find out that, yeah, there used to be a place, but it was there closed years ago. It used to be part of a cinema. It was a refreshment room for people to chill out for a little bit. And she also described what it looked like. So, you know, you could say, okay, time slip in the sense of, a parallel dimension maybe she saw into a time when you know that it still existed or maybe she looked back in time that's something that i've always wondered about these these things because time slips okay it might it's not quite the same as the idea of time travel obviously because yeah. time travel the notion of time travel is that you could physically be there for, for long periods of time but um i would have thought in order to for this to be real in order for time slips to be possible obviously these realities they need to exist somewhere yeah so at some point you're going to cross oh you've got to cross over into that other time and another thing that that i always question is that the moment of transition what happens in the moment of transition because surely if you're if you're going back especially if it's quite a few years it's not only going to be a few things here and there that are going to change a great deal is going to change the buildings around you, the ground beneath you, the weather possibly. At what point do they think, oh, I'm in a different place? Maybe in some cases, now this is just pure speculation, uh, maybe that when they have this event, that only a small area is affected, like a little bubble, maybe, I don't know, a, a few feet across, 30, 40 feet, and that only in that bubble... Uh, is is affected so everything outside of that bubble yeah. is still remains the same but yeah when, yeah when, I, I wasn't suggesting that the entire world no no i know what you mean because there yeah. are cases though where people have been in buildings and the environment has changed and they've looked out of the window and it's been the olden days out of the window yes so there was a... so the environment does change externally even if you're in a building you are right in what you say there are cases where that does happen but i'm thinking maybe if you're in a, a small area and you have this experience maybe it's only that area that's affected yeah but when you cross over into that bubble as you say yeah oh, oh, you know you don't hear about any transitional sensation i do know of one case a person was being chased by a security i think it was a security guard or a policeman and yes that was he said he ran down an alleyway and he suddenly became quite disorientated and hot and dizzy Oh, I see. And then he ran out of the see. other end of the alley and he was in a completely different place. Uh, it was the same place, but a different time. I, I do remember that, actually. I yeah. think I mentioned that in one of my videos. That was that was a Bold Street one. We got another uh, case here. It's another time slip incident that took place in Kent some years earlier. In 1935, Dr. E.G. Moon, very down-to-earth Scots physician with a practice in Broadstairs, visiting his patient, Lord Carlson who lived in Cleve Court. After talking to Carlson, the doctor left his patient and made his way downstairs into the hallway. His mind was clearly very occupied at the time 
with the instructions he had given to the nurse about the prescription that he had left for Carson. That was his patient. At the front door, Dr. McMoon hesitated, wondering whether he should go back upstairs and have another word with the nurse. Uh, it was at this point that the doctor noticed, uh, noted that his car was no longer where he had left it, in the driveway. In fact, it had been parked alongside a thick yew hedge that was also missing. That's a bit weird, that's a bit scary actually. Even the drive down which he had driven from the main road was now nothing more than a muddy track and a man was coming towards him. The newcomer on the scene only 30 yards from Dr. Moon was rather oddly dressed, wearing an old-fashioned coat with several capes around his shoulders and he wore a top hat of the kind seen in the previous century. As he walked, he smacked a switch against his riding boots Oh, it's like a, I suppose it's like a riding whip or something. But over his shoulder, yeah. he carried a long-barreled shotgun. He stared hard at Mr. Moon, and the doctor registered, in fact, that the man was coming towards him might have looked more at home in the 19th century. Remarkably, Dr. Moon seemed not at all at the time to be either alarmed or even mildly surprised by the change of scenery. He simply turned away and without any concern to go back into the house but he did quite casually take one more look at the scene. And now, as if by magic, the car was back where it had been the U-Hedge 2. The drive was no longer muddy track and the man had also disappeared. Everything was back to normal. And it, yeah. was, and it was only now that Dr. Moon realised that something odd had, uh, decidedly odd had occurred. Yeah, that's a weird one, that, isn't it? Yeah, that is, a, that is another strange one. Um, yeah, it... In, in cases like that, it would be very interesting to see if there was any sort of record. I know that was obviously like something in the paper. In, yeah, in, yeah, in the paper or something else that I, I read recently that I think it was mentioned in the um, the link that you sent me. It's when they do supposedly cross over. Do yeah. the people on the other side see them for real, or is it just an imagination? You know, if they really yeah. are there, are there records of you know going back? hundreds of years of people seeing people supposedly from the future when you think of time slips and people appearing and going back into the past would the person the viewer that's seeing that person would they see that person as a person or would they see that person as a like a translucent being or would they think that they were a ghost maybe that is the explanation for a lot of um paranormal reports when i read these stories i immediately try to put myself in a position of someone that is having this experience there are times when you are in situations and you you become strangely calm in a crazy situation nine times out of ten the reason that you're calm is because you know that you need to get yourself out of the situation and if you lose your cool you know everything goes crazy when you're in this situation where you you walk down the stairs you open the door and then all of a sudden your your car's gone the hedgerow's gone the driveway is now a muddy track and you're looking out the door and you're thinking what on earth is going on here i yeah. mean you must think i'm having a mental breakdown yeah <laughs> my mind's yeah, it, going it, it does it, it it would drive you nuts i think this is a, a lot of the reason why a lot of people don't believe this sort of thing because they just can't sort of get their head around how somebody in that situation could be so calm and report it as if it was just this strange occurrence but yeah it would be interesting for i know did you say dr eg moon yeah experienced that 
well, if there was any any sort of record of uh, I know there was no photography back then, but if there was any sort of record of how the land looked, or if there was any artwork or yeah, to see if what he was was seeing is actually tallied up to what actually existed. So he had his whole experience right on the doorstep. He was stood at the door on the, the you know the 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 edge looking out. Okay, and he was looking at yeah. this scene. I wonder what would have happened if he did took one step forward into the scene. Yeah. Would he have stayed there forever? Would he have just suddenly vanished out of our, uh, out of time? Okay. So I'm going to get a bit weird now, but when we these cases fascinate me simply because is this is this possibly what happened to people who just vanish, who just disappear, who are literally seen one minute and then they're gone the next? Do they somehow slip out of time into another into another timeline? If they, if they did that, especially if it was the past, there would be a lot more. Um... Don't you think there would be a lot more reports of strange people from the future who have um, suddenly appeared? Yeah, um, but maybe if they slipped into a parallel universe, yeah, that wasn't directly connected to us. Okay, that yeah. was. You know, if, if you think of the many worlds theory, where where we have copies of copies of copies of our yeah our time stream uh, layered on top of one another, like a great yeah. big sandwich. And that they're not all connected, but they run in parallel with each other. But each one is slightly different. Now, if you think of it right, imagine those time streams as waves where they're moving. They're not like railway tracks. They're not solid, but they're waves. So they're moving like washing on a washing line. And now and again, right now and again, they touch. Right. Yes. That's a a nice way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. And, And they touch. And for a split second, them touching anyone that's in that area, that locale, Yes. Depending on where that other time stream is, in is it in the past or is it in the future? All the events that happen are the same, but they might not happen in exactly the same order, you know. And so, if if a person is in a particular place and they go across the veil and then those veils disjoint again, they're left there, aren't they? Yeah. And would it be a case of like waking up one morning? Put it this way. You go to bed, right? You go to sleep and you get up in the morning and you do everything that you normally do. You go to work or whatever. You do your, you, you, you live your day. And then when you get home, uh, you sit down and you think, oh, I'm going to watch my favorite TV show. You, you go to watch your favorite TV show and you think, oh, it's not on. And then you look in the, the, you know, the newspaper or whatever for the, the listings and you find that you can't find it anywhere. So you do a bit of Googling on Google and you find that there's no, there's no such TV show that ever existed. Yeah. And then you start to get a bit worried because you think, where's my TV show? You know, <laughs> and then you and then you think to yourself, oh, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe I imagined it. And then you start to get a bit worried. But then again, maybe that you've crossed over into a time stream where that TV show never existed. Oh, we, we, we could be getting into uh, the um, Mandela effect. Yeah. sort of. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, which is uh, another interesting topic. Well, yeah, that's a whole can of worms in itself i think the whole yes. the whole mandela but they, we've got before i'm i'm going to stop myself waffling because we've got another uh, story from tunbridge wells so it says tunbridge wells has thrown up another odd story may or may not have been a time slip this tale goes back to sometime in the mid 19th century and it took place in the swan hotel uh, mrs nancy fuller and a young daughter naomi on the first visit to the town took a room at the top of the hotel 
The room now is uh, number 16. As they climbed the stairs uh, to the room, girl's behavior began to change. She appeared to be more and more agitated, closing her eyes and whispering to herself. When her mother asked her what was wrong, Naomi replied that she recognized the stairway, that she had been here before. So she's saying that she's been in this place before. Like, uh, mm-hmm. Then she came out with an astounding remark that her lover was waiting for her in the room and he had said that he'd always would. You know, this sounds like uh, she's being possessed or something. When they entered yeah. the room, the young girl went at once to the corner calling out John as though to someone standing there waiting. For a few seconds, her mother's eyes seemed to change. Kate, okay, so, right. I just want to go back a bit to the the bit where she's walking up the stairs because I'm I'm having a a bit of a, a a brainstorm here where maybe she's not actually experienced a time slip. Maybe she's experiencing some form of uh, a form of uh, a mental projection in her in her mind where she's yeah. reliving a moment uh, rather than a than a than a time slip. But I, I finished the last uh, paragraph and then we can discuss. So it's just a story that Naomi told her mother. Uh, was that she had previously lived in the building and it was a privately owned house. This was certainly before 1935 when it became the Swan. Uh, in those days... Oh, uh, yeah. In Swan, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it used to be a private residence. Uh, this is long before it was a hotel or anything. Uh, in those days when Naomi had lived there, it had been known as High House. The young girl went on to explain that she had a love affair with a man called John, but her father had disapproved of the young man who was taken away and had locked her in alone in the room, aware that she had never seen him again. Uh, she conjured up the image of John uh, holding her hand and imagined her lover. She jumped to her death from the window. Mm, so she committed suicide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's quite a common, I'm not saying yeah. it's not true, but how often do you hear the, the, the disapproving father who locks the daughter in her room and then she jumps out of the window or the disapproving husband who's found out about a lover and yeah. lock them in the, you know it's it's quite a common common theme for women to jump out of windows and for rooms to be haunted but yeah I don't know about this one uh, it, it sounds more like a bit of a a tale that somebody uh, you know somebody told someone and it, over the years it's kind of become its own thing because as you say it's got the, it's got all the recipe uh, of a, of a, of a, like a, a love story gone bad, and the disapproving yeah. father who locks the daughter in the room says you're not going anywhere, and she's like, okay, if I can't see him, then I'll, I'll kill myself. Yeah, uh, it's all very like, extreme. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it sounds like a reincarnation story rather than a time slip story as well. It yeah Maybe. yeah more it's more kind of like. Uh, it's more kind of like ghost orientated where I think that if there is anything to it, it's maybe the girl, young girl, you know, has an experience and she maybe sees or experiences something, a feeling of the past or something like that. But uh, as for time slip, um, I don't know. Oh, I just, I wasn't there. I don't know. But from reading that anyway, I get that vibe. The first two uh, that we just talked about. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, there's a lot summer to those, but that one, don't know about that. I'm not too sure. I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree with you. The uh, especially the first one. Um, it sounds feasible in my mind, anyway. I know there are people listening who probably think that you know I'm, I'm crazy for thinking it, but uh, the first one, it, yeah, it 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 does sound 
like it could be something that happened and also the second one as well but the, the further back you go for some reason that it, it's uh it becomes to me at least it becomes less believable because it's an old story and as you know over time things get you know retold yeah. and, and the story's changed but yeah I, I agree with you the first two stories sound um definitely more more likely for this for this one uh this is actually this is written by um or put together by uh tony walker who uh, which has got the uh, classic ghost stories podcast. I think he's he's been on Paratalk. Yeah, um, we had a he's had an episode with Tony on Paratalk. But anyway, he writes this one. This is a quite an interesting one. This is in Pentrith in Cumbria. Uh, so this is on a hot day in August uh, uh, mid nineteen seventies. Angela and her friend set out onto a path from the Beacon Edge. Uh, the walk takes about fifteen minutes, and the path has many abrupt angles and zigzags through the trees. Trees uh, crowd thickly around the track. As, you climb, as they climb over an old craggy sandstone outcrop. Soon you uh, feel quite apart from the everyday world. It's an odd feeling and that you have the impression that someone is watching you from the woods on either side. So it's a track in bushes with woods either side. That's kind of creepy to start with. Yeah. Uh, you go up and up, changing direction, losing sight of the path below and behind you. Even more creepier. As Angela and her friend climbed that day they chatted away but angela reports how the atmosphere grew increasingly heavy now that's interesting because some people other people that have had time slip phenomenon or have had what they believe to be time slip phenomenon have also said that when it happens or when it's happening that they do they feel a heavy presence a heavy feeling like Mm. you said earlier about the environment changing this is that it that kind of answers my question that I, I i asked earlier because i thought well what happens in that transitional period well yeah. there you go that's maybe that's it well they, he notes that as if there was a, a thunderstorm in the air yeah that kind of heavy repressive that as well in, in other time yeah. slip stories about thunder being involved yeah and light thunder and lightning yeah yeah they walked up many times and weren't much taking any notice of their surroundings until they turned the corner and stopped they both saw it, an old-fashioned cottage, roughly made of stone. Angela said it was like a dwelling in the Middle Ages. The trouble was there had never been a cottage there before. Smoke was coming out from the chimney, so someone was home. Angela says that there was a very uncanny feeling about the place. She looked at her friend, and as the door began to open, they both fled. Well, that's creepy. You don't know who's inside, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I want to see so I, I don't know. I suppose if if you knew, or if you were aware that you may have slipped into a different time, I'd think, well, who the hell is this? You know, I want to see this person. But then again, that's easy for me to say, isn't it? Sat mm-hmm. here. Uh, when she worked up the courage to climb the hills some month later, the cottage wasn't there. Her friend would never talk about the experience. That's very much like um, a case. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even try to get all the facts right i'm just going to tell the story it's about a group of i think they're air cadets i think they're air cadets and they are i I heard the story yesterday oh did you uh they were out on uh, go ahead yeah they were out on uh training maneuvers they had to do some uh map reading and they 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 were up on a hill and they saw that they their map took them down into a village from the hill they could see that it was a quaint village there was a church, there was, you know, smoke, it was, it was inhabited, there were people that said, oh, that's where we got to go. So they, as they went down into the village, they started to get a very strange feeling. 
and when they actually got into the village none of the um none of the buildings seemed inhabited the buildings all seemed to have changed into very old looking basic style uh mm. buildings there was no church to be they couldn't find the church yeah and one of the young lads uh said that it was eerily quiet they couldn't hear anything they looked in the window of one of the buildings and it was just a uh, an empty stone floor. It had a carcass of a, a cow or a pig or something hanging up, which had been partly skinned. And the doors were all kind of shut. And it was as if they were looking in on a scene. They started, all of them, they started to all get the very uneasy feeling that they shouldn't be there. So they, they turned around and, and left the place and they went back up onto the hill. And when they looked back, it was all back to normal again. Yeah. I heard the story yesterday, but I can't remember the the where it, where it had occurred. Yeah, it, 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 it do a quick Google, you'll find it. But the thing was, where could they have possibly been? What? Why? When would the village was like that? And it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was like uh, medieval or something that that the village would have been in that kind of state. You know, it, very sort of yeah. run down and basic and stuff like that. They were, I think, they were air cadets, and they had this uh, experience and they didn't talk about it it scared them quite a lot it was 1957 there we go yeah were they air cadets yes they were and it just it just says it's in the heart of rural england which i hate that kind of description i i like it when it's a lot more specific than yeah that. <laughs> and, the, and what was it what, what does it say about them going into the village so they went in oh no, no uh hang on it does go on it says what happened to three boys in october morning more than 50 years ago remains a mystery. They were walking on a map reading exercise. Like That's said, right. Yeah. To have been straightforward. The idea was to navigate their way across four or five miles of countryside to a designated point, then return to the base and report what they had seen. Uh, it would have been the picturesque Suffolk village of Kersey. That's it. Kersey. That's it. Yeah. They saw that village as it was a long time before. Well, they shouldn't have been there, put it that way. They, yeah. Apparently. Just imagine what what's the catalyst what was the catalyst there for them to slip back it was just a lovely sunny day that, and they were out on there doing their training and they walked you know that's what i'm saying maybe the yeah. veils touched together and yeah, this is what i was going to say maybe there was no catalyst as such it's just like as you were saying just one of those points where extremely one in a million rare occasions where the veils touched and they just happened to be there and it, it's funny because if that, just assuming that that theory is true, then there are obviously points in our world where that happens more, of, more often because how many stories have we had from Bond Street? How many stories? There's been quite a few stories from, from Tunbridge Wells as well. Yeah. There are points in our world where this, this happens. Personally, I still find time slips uh, feasible. I think it's something that could happen. Yeah. I do think it's something that could happen. I do think that uh, that there's many cases out there where people just vanish. And, and not just in England, all over the world. For example, maybe the people that go missing in the American national parks. I was going to say, I thought, I thought that's what you were going to say, yes. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah. something over there where the veil is quite thin. Or maybe the veil, there's big bubbles over there where people can walk into it and they're just, you know, they're gone. For, uh, they're yeah. not they're not dead they've just moved they've transitioned into a different time stream theories surrounding the national parks but they've got nothing to do with time slips but that is an interesting theory with national parks and people going missing it's a red flag where the people that run those parks are always very reluctant to tell people to tell you know when you ask how many people have disappeared 
you know, and oh, we can't talk about that. We don't talk about. We don't disclose numbers. We don't talk yeah. about anything. Like they uh, they try to play it down, and I, I understand from maybe from one point of view, if 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 it's a tourist destination, you don't want to scare people, uh, because yes. the majority of people that go to these places have a wonderful time. They do a bit of camping or whatever, and they have an amazing time in nature, and it's all great, and they see the wildlife, and it's lovely. And then you have a small minority of people that go to these places, and it's absolute hell. They lose a family member. They lose a child. Uh, they oh, lose... children go missing there. Yeah, and they're never seen again. People go missing. They find that they do a search of the area, and then weeks later, they'll find the body in an area that's been uh, heavily been... searched. And yeah. here's another thing. Why is it that a lot of these bodies that are found are always by water? All right, okay, we're going to get... I don't want to. I don't want to open up too many uh, cans of uh, worms with this episode. But if you think about it, a lot of these bodies are found by water. Okay, running water or a, a, you know a, a lake or whatever. Uh, and then you also think about the UFO phenomenon, you know, where people have UFO sightings, and a lot of the times they're by water or by you know uh, the, the, you know wet areas. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know that. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe. I don't know. What are your final thoughts on it? What What do you think? Uh, you give me. I've had enough. I've, I've had my say. Yeah, timestamps. I think um, it's it's fascinating. I think it is possible. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Obviously, a one in a million chance, but of it of it happening. Um, but yes, I I believe that it's it's quite possible. And uh, I'm I'm to be honest, if it is possible, I'm a little jealous of those who have experienced it. Because I would love to just take a, a glimpse into the past, just for if it was just even if it was just for a few seconds, wouldn't you? Well, maybe maybe we have and we just don't realise it. Don't realise it. Maybe those uh, moments of deja vu or whatever that we get, or that sort of quivery feeling down your back when you're at a certain place. Maybe mm. that is you walking into a a little pocket of the past and you're walking through it. Maybe yeah. when you go to that uh, old house, that old manor house. And uh, you're walking around all that place and you get that funny feeling. Maybe you've suddenly stepped back into the past for a slight moment. Maybe those people in the past have just seen you as a ghost. <laughs> I don't know. I'm simply speculating, but it's all, it's all very interesting. All very interesting. It, depending on how much research somebody's willing to do, maybe you could tally them up and look, right, okay, there was a time slip in this area. This, was a, this allegedly happened. They allegedly went back to this time. Maybe go back and look at newspapers from that time and see if there is yeah. any sort of ghost sighting in that area. It's something that would would make a really interesting video, I think, if you could um, link link say two two different events. Well, there you go. There's your uh, next uh, curious world uh, video. Yeah, well, the, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It really is. But I'm absolutely fascinated by it. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so. I think that's. I, th I think we've uh, we've concluded and uh, we've uh, this episode has run its course and a great episode it was. Uh, just a tiny little look into time slips. I mean, obviously, you know, you could be here forever talking about it because it is a a huge, huge topic. Um, so what what's uh, what what have you got planned for your next uh, upcoming uh, uh, postings to YouTube? Well, um, I've, as you know, I've, I've started my second channel now, which is the um, paranormal. Yeah. channel yeah yeah and i've i've hit a little bit of a, a roadblock with that one it's, it's unfortunate because I've, I've recently had a message from youtube saying that it's been declined for monetization oh. uh, 
Now, I know monetization isn't everything, but it, it does make everything a little bit more worthwhile and it does give you a lot more um, motivation yeah. to work on the channel. Um, and the reason they've given me is because it's too similar to Curious World, the Curious World channel. Now, because of that, I am going to take a slightly different... I'm still going to make my uh, ghost story videos as I do. Yeah. As a side thing, I'm also going to... I've decided that I'm going to um, speak to individuals the same way, similar way that you are to me now. Yeah. Um, if not in person, over the internet, it'd be, I would love to meet them in person and maybe make a video, you know, film an interview and just um, record people's um, accounts of... of of ghost sightings and paranormal experiences um, and change the ch change the channel up a little bit that way. So if there's anybody out there who would be interested in, in speaking to me about uh, a specific sighting or experience they've had, then please do get in touch. Sounds like a great idea. I mean, you know, even easier, sorry, even getting, uh, getting it from the, the person that happened to, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, it's pretty cool. It's for me and it will it'll keep the algorithm happy as well oh yeah we've all got to keep the algorithm happy yeah yeah we have to keep the the uh the big brother algorithm happy but that's uh, that's a, that's another story for another day <laughs> yeah but um i am traveling to the states later this year as well i'm 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 going to uh, i've always wanted to see certain states and i'm going to kentucky and I'm going to Kansas as well later this year, and I'm um, hopefully I'm I'm going to look into some cases while I'm out there, and hopefully make make some get some good content out of that that visit. Oh yeah, that would be great. You get get plenty of B-roll, uh, put something together, uh, maybe uh, get maybe write to a few uh, uh, podcasters or whatever or YouTubers when you're over there, and sort of maybe do a meet up and do a little bit of an interview. That'd be quite That's cool. Idea. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make it happen. Just make that happen, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, so great episode. I hope everybody uh, was listening and enjoyed it. I'm sure that uh, Curious Will will be back at some point and we'll pick another topic to talk about. So once again, thanks, uh, thanks again for uh, joining me on this episode. No problem at all. Thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure to uh, uh, have a chat with you. Uh, yeah, paratalkpodcast.com for all of your Paratalk uh, requirements. And uh, until the next episode, talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.